This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The, the, the winds of change are blowing through Raider Nation. And Silver and Black Today keeps you up to date with the latest news and views about your Las Vegas Raiders. Touchdown Las Vegas! Insight, opinions, and interviews. We're on the cutting edge of what's happening now. Now, now, with the latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moten. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, the 4th of July edition. Happy Independence Day to everybody here in the United States. And for all you expats or all you folks from the United States in other areas listening to us, Happy 4th of July to you. Welcome back. We are your podcast covering the Las Vegas Raiders only here on the Odyssey Network. Make sure you do us a favor. Subscribe to us. Wherever you get your audio, uh, we will be there for you, and we appreciate you doing that. And I say we because this show is two people. That's right. Myself, Scott Branson, and my co-host, Mo Moten. He's a national NFL writer over at Bleacher Report. Mo, happy 4th of July. Happy Independence Day. I know you're working today as we do a real-time recording of the podcast. We usually record the podcast the night before, but we are doing it here on the morning of the 4th of July because you just got back from vacation. Did you get rested, get some good family time in? I don't know about rested today, but I got some good family time in over the past week or so. It was a fun time. I got to unplug. I I noticed a lot of chaos on social media, specifically on Twitter, Elon Musk ruining twitter <laughs> as we speak so i didn't miss my i'm glad uh, i didn't miss that part of it uh i did have some tweets here and there that that drew some uh interest from people people mm. got a lot of responses to some of the retweets that i had the few retweets that i did have but also happy al davis day i, I I'm, I'm sure we have to start the show just saying the late great al davis his day also on july july 4th that, so that's right And we're going to spend this first segment remembering Al Davis on his birthday. Of course, he would have been 94 years old today, born on the 4th of July, 1929, Brockton, Massachusetts. So we're going to go over some of that, especially for you younger bucks out there who might not have been alive as much during his life or understood his legacy. We're going to go over it. We're not going to do that exhaustively. We just want to appreciate uh, Al Davis on his birthday and really his story, such a great American success story. So that's why we're going to talk about it. By the way, if you're watching on YouTube, Mo has an affinity for the Peanuts gang like I do. I'm wearing my <laughs> my Snoopy 4th of July shirt. I have my, yes. look at my coffee cup even, Mo. Look at it. See? I'm patriotic very, in all the way. patriotic. And that's the thing <laughs> I want to say, too, is that, listen, I know, you know, it's weird because everything you say these days becomes political to people. 
But what's not political to me is that we live in the greatest country on earth. Yes, we are a country of ideals and we don't always live up to them. Every day we, we're trying to live up to the ideals of all men are created equal, you name it, and we fall short all the time. There's no question. But I will tell you, I still believe this is the best country on earth and I'm, I feel blessed and fortunate to be able to have been born in this country, raised in this country, uh, and it's given me a lot of opportunity as I know it has you too. Scott, that sounds like a political lean to me. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> but, no you're, you're absolutely right. I, I, it's funny because there are days when I wake up and I, and I say, you know, could I have been doing what I do now for a living in any other country? Mm. You know, I, I basically, I, I create my own schedule for the most part. I, I do have guidelines I have to follow, but I, I, for the most part, create my own schedule. And, and I live a very comfortable life. And, and you just have to appreciate some of the some of the things that we have here, some of the access and some of the freedoms that we have here, because a lot of the things that we do here wouldn't fly in other countries. No, sir. <laughs> Remember, there are people who come here for opportunities. People aren't leaving. A lot of people aren't leaving for opportunities. A lot of people who left America go back to their homeland, their motherland country. I know a few people left in high school, went back, but they say, look, these, these certain things I miss about America. So mm -hmm. you're right about that in, in its freedoms. It's it's so true. And and there's no better place, actually, than where you live in New York City to understand that. Right. Because I could I could go on for hours of stories because I used to go on business to New York five, six times a year. And every time I got in a cab, I would I would take an interest in hearing the story of the people there because mostly immigrants. Right. All of our families, at least on, on my side, if you're from European stock, Right. Uh, a lot of your relatives, Mo, didn't have the option to come over. They were brought over. But still, you, you hear people who who come over and their stories. And it's fascinating because they might be working three jobs, working 14, 16 hours a day, and, and they are giddy about being here. So, again, we have a long way to go still. We have very high ideals in this country and we don't live up to them all the time. Uh, but but happy Fourth of July to everybody and and glad to do that. All right, let's talk about Fourth of July and Al Davis's birthday. You know, I was thinking about this because I see a lot of people talk about Al Davis, and I think you know I was talking to our producer Mike Robbie before we went on the air about uh, young Raider fans, right? So if you're if you're a Raiders fan in your twenties, at the very least, when the Raiders were last very good, i.e., they went to the Super Bowl in two thousand and even if you're 28 years old, right? You were maybe five years old at the time. Okay. So, so it's hard to remember when you're that young and, and you certainly didn't understand the gravity of, or the history of Al Davis. And, and like you had a parent who really walked you through it. And I'm sure there are some out there, but I wonder if on this day, when we show appreciation for Al Davis and what he created with the Raiders and the brand that he created, um, if there's a full understanding, a lot of young Raider fans, I see, well, Al screwed us at the end when he was old and he was decrepit and blah, blah, blah. Listen, everybody has a decline in their life unless you're fortunate to, to, to take your last breath and you're in perfect health and all that. And it's just your time to go. Uh, and, and I wonder, Mo, if the full gravity of Al Davis's impact on the game, let, not just the Raiders, but the game overall, if that's lost on some younger fans today. What I would hope is that documentary that ESPN at 30 for 30 mm. did gave some glimpses of what Al Davis was like and what he went through his battles with, with the league. I would hope that that gave a slight bit of 
a taste of what people missed out on if you were too young to understand or you just weren't alive to, <laughs> to know. But um, I even me, I'm I'm 37 years old, and I can't say that I and I'm deep into the Al Davis legacy because Al Davis, when Al Davis died, I was I was 25 years old. Mm-hmm. Now I was in my mid 20s at the time, but as far as the Raiders in their in their heyday years, as you said. You know, I when the Raiders are last consistently good, I was in my teenage years. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine what the generation behind me, if you're in your 20s, even your late 20s, what your fondest memory of the Raiders franchise is and when you knew what was going on. But back to Al Davis, you know, when he was younger, you know, not in his last years, last days, you know, as the Raiders general manager and executive. The Raiders were a playoff contender. They they had consistency, and as we all know, the just win baby uh, mantra holds and it still holds today. Even though some of the people in the fan base may have wavered from that, <laughs> now it's kind of like just lose for Khalid Williams or just tank for Khalid Williams. Maybe that's the model now. But back when Al Davis was running things, it was all about winning, and a lot of the moves that he made that didn't work out. At least we knew that it was about putting a winning product on the field. Yeah. Now, again, the, the moves man that had been the best moves that, that worked out, but at least you knew that he wasn't going to sit on his hands and say, okay, let's tank for the number one overall pick. That was very on Al Davis. He yeah. was not going to, no matter what the team looked like, he was not going to tank for the number one pick. So it kind of surprised me to see the change in, in the fan base where you see fans say, we have to tank for the number one pick so we can get a new quarterback. <laughs> and I'm like, do you know the patriarch of this franchise would be seething <laughs> if he heard yes. that message come out of the fan base? It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Yes. And, th- and there's a lot of, hey, if Al Davis was around, the Raiders would have done this, would have done that. And, and, and it's all well-founded based on past kind of activities of the owner. But I think, too, that if you look at Al Davis, one of the things, for, first of all, you talked about his, his, his fight with the NFL and Pete Rozelle, which is, is so well-documented in the documentary you talked about. But at the same time, I think also you go back to the creation of the AFL, which, of course, the Raiders were members of first and how he became the commissioner. of the. This is how respected Al Davis was as a football man, as a football mind. And to me, that part of it, even for me, I did not know. I knew Al Davis. Remember, growing up, not being a Raider fan, I grew up with the same kind of mentality. A lot of people did. But I was, oh, man, who's that dude? He's always... He's the maverick. He's the rebel. He's the guy who's always trying to stick it in the face and his teams play dirty, all that stuff, right? Um, but when you look into that history, and that's why I invite, especially younger folks, don't just watch the documentaries, which are very good, but also read up and read about the evolution of the league because the NFL, you look at the NFL today, and we've been talking a lot in past weeks, Mo, about the value of Josh Jacobs and how the running back position is devalued because of the way the offenses are in the NFL now. Now, they've progressed much further than they were even when Al Davis was challenging the league vertically. But Al Davis is the guy who brought that. You look at him, you look at Don Coriel in San Diego, you look at Sid Gilman. Uh, of course, that's where Al Davis, he started as a Chargers coach before he went north. He learned from those guys. And then, of course, you add in uh, the San Francisco offense uh, in the early 80s as well. 
Al Davis was the guy who you're seeing today what started then uh, with the vertical game. I mean, that's where Cliff Branch, that's where Ken Stable, that's where these guys ca came from. That's where the offense was. And nothing pleased Al Davis more than speed, right? That's Cliff Branch, speed kill. He always loved the guy who was fast. And Mo, that modern offense today, while it's changed significantly, it started there with those guys and Al Davis back in the AFL years. Absolutely. I think if Al Davis was, you know, alive today, he he would love the style of gameplay that's going on right now with spread out offense, throw the ball down the field, you know, spread the coverage then on the back end and pick apart defenses. That 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 was his thing. And I and I think again, while I understand a lot of his pickups and acquisitions didn't work out in his later years, he had the right idea for the modern day NFL and the way offenses are run today. So I think you know if you if you pluck Al Davis out from the from the eighties and, and early nineties, he would do just fine in year twenty twenty three. Yeah, there's no question about that. And I think too, you look at I, I talked about it earlier, Mo, the the just the American dream here to Al Davis, where he came from, what he was able to do in the course of his life, and you know a lot of folks today because of the modern NFL and because of the, the Raiders organization and really the discord and the dysfunction that it's had since his death. And even right before his death is this is a guy who wasn't a billionaire, right? Like so many of the most NFL owners are billionaires. I mean, we've seen it. He was not one. Of, this is a guy who worked his way up, grew up in, in a great family, of course. Uh, and, and he went to um, graduate high school, 1947. I'm reading off the thing, Wittenberg college in Springfield, Ohio at age 17. He enrolled in college at age 17, right? So he went through this, became, went to Syracuse, of course, transferred there, uh, became a college coach, served in the military, a scout. This guy, Mo, you talk about it because, you, and you're always great about this. I know you mentor a lot of young writers, and that is, you know, you started, you created your path. And if we all have people who help us. There's no doubt about that. But you started uh, and you worked your way through the ranks and now you are and you, I know you want other things, you want to do other things too in the future. But this is a great example of there's no substitute for hard work and just getting at what you want to do and, and realizing your dream. Yeah, absolutely. His, his path is, is pretty much respected in what he became. And just to kind of parallel to other things, I, I look at, I know this is, a, this is a Raiders podcast, but I even look at a coach like Eric Spolster of the Miami Heat. Same mm. kind of deal where you work your way up. I believe he started in the, in the, in the film room. Film, yeah. <laughs> so, so there's, you know, there are avenues here. Just, just to tie it into our Independence Day on July 4th, like the opportunities here. This is why people come to America. This is why people come here for opportunities. Uh, because of stories like Al Davis, or stories like Eric Spostra, into a very, very low, low scale to stories like mine. I, even though I didn't come here from another country, I, my family's from the South. And if I was in South Carolina, I pro probably wouldn't have the same opportunities I had in New York City. As you said, a lot of opportunities in New York up here in the Northeast. But all of these stories, from mine on a very low level to Al Davis, who became you know, a, a, an NFL icon, uh, these are the opportunities that are available here if you work hard and you keep at it. And, and you could tell Al Davis loved what he did. And the product is now you have the Raiders franchise, which is, which mm -hmm. is you know, in a middling ground right now. But the Al <laughs> Davis principles still live on with the fans who remember him in his heydays. Absolutely. Uh, and, and we want to remember him here on his birthday. And again, I invite younger fans particularly 
read all you can about him, understand him and the legacy there uh, and, and what happened. Don't just focus on the last years of his life and the mixed results he got there. Uh, the man was always trying to make his team better, and there's nothing he cared more outside of his family than his team. So uh, happy 94th birthday to Al Davis from everybody here and to his family, of course, uh, as they call it, heavenly birthday uh, here on Silver and Black today. All right, we're going to step aside for our first break on this Tuesday edition. When we come back, we're going to talk about Mo said middling. The Raiders middling. Well, ESPN ranked the Raiders roster. So I want to, some fans, they feel it's not fair. Some fans think it's underrated. Some fans think it's overrated. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Where are the Raiders right now as we get set for camp here in a few weeks? You're with Mo and Scott. This is Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Don't go anywhere. 